Welcome to Peer to Peer, the podcast, brought to you by Rainer. Listen in as we hear from top surgeons having great conversations with their peers about hot and popular topics in ophthalmology. Today we will hear from hosts Dr. Lisa Nisham and guest Dr. Paul Singh as they discuss the changing landscape of education. Welcome to the first episode of Peer to Peer, the podcast, hosted by Rainer in which leading surgeons from around the world discuss a wide range of topics from clinical tips and product innovations to leadership and practice marketing. I'm your inaugural host, Dr. Lisa Nijam, and it's an honor to be here today to welcome you to the first podcast. Just a little bit about me as far as background. I am an MD JD, uh, corneal surgeon uh, from the Chicago suburbs. I'm the founder and medical director of my own practice, Warrenville Eye Care and LASIK, and an assistant clinical professor of ophthalmology at the University of Illinois Eye and Ear Infirmary. I'm also the creator and program director of Real World Ophthalmology for Young Ophthalmologists. So I am honored today to be joined by one of my esteemed colleagues, uh, Dr. Inder Paul Singh, uh, who's just my neighbor to the north. So uh, Paul, would you mind sharing a little bit about your background and yourself today? Absolutely. Well, hello, everybody. Hello, Lisa. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this uh, you know, podcast. So excited to hang out and talk to my good friend. And I am just way up north, about, a, about an hour so north of Lisa here in Wisconsin. Um, actually, I call myself a confused glaucoma dude because I, I do a lot of glaucoma. <laughs> I did my fellowship training in glaucoma, but I end up doing a lot of cataract refractive surgery as well, as well as oculoplastics and everything else. So my, I joined my dad's practice many years ago after my fellowship out of Duke uh, for glaucoma. And one of the first things he taught me was he slapped me a couple of times and said, oh, no, no, you're not going to do traps and tubes only. You're going to do a little PKP <laughs> here, there, a little D, little, little PRK, a little bit of some muscle <laughs> surgery. So I do a lot of anterior segment surgery in general. I am the president of the eye centers ever seen in Kenosha out here. We have two office locations. Uh, we do a lot of in-office surgery as well as ASC. And we do a number of anterior segment type of, of procedures as well. So it's kind of a fun, to, fun to be here and be a part of, I do a lot of research and we have a full-time research uh, program in our practice as well. And like you, love teaching, love educating, being part of these programs as well, and, and kind of fostering some of the young ophthalmologists who are up and coming as well. Yeah, Paul is one of the best innovators I know, and uh, always uh, an incredible teacher sharing his knowledge. So we definitely appreciate that about you, Paul. And um, this podcast is the natural extension of the amazing conversations that um, we've had to date, which are available at rainer.com uh, backslash peer-to-peer. Uh, everything from recorded podium presentations, surgeon interviews, and webinars to clinical studies and white papers are available on the site. Uh, but we don't always have time to sit down and review them. So uh, this is where kind of the impetus came for putting together this podcast and offering a unique opportunity to continue learning on the go when people are on their way to work or maybe working out, need something to listen to. Um, so Paul, just as background, do you listen to podcasts or um, have you partaken in any in the past? I don't know what they are, actually. I was kidding. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I'm, um, I, I think they're awesome. You know, and I, I, I tell you, I think I'm a media junkie. I mean, I think we, we, we have become a society where we're just so used to constant information everywhere we go. Right. And, and sometimes I like the fact that it's just, I can, it's, I can drive in my car. It's just me. I have a 40 minute drive each way from home to work. 
and it's great to be able to just kind of be like, you know what, this is my time. I'm going to relax. And if I want to like hear some of my friends talk, I may put a podcast on. And there's so many different podcasts that I listen to over, overall. And it's just great because you, you just want to pick up a couple of pearls here and there, maybe just kind of hear what's going on, keep yourself abreast of what's happening. And, you know, we get so focused in our practices you know, and we kind of get in this like a mindset where it's like a little tunnel vision where I think I'm the best surgeon, I'm the best, everything's working for me. And you're like, great. But then you forget that there's so many other people doing some amazing things out there. And it's sometimes hard to get all the information. And sometimes just something as simple as listen to a podcast, turn on, you may pick up a pearl or two or realize, wow, I didn't realize someone else is doing something like that as well. So yeah, I think they're valuable. They're easy. They're not overwhelming. You don't have to, have to log into something and have a video, just turn on and listen to it and relax and, and let people feed you some information. Sometimes it's actually really, to me, rewarding and relaxing. I, I completely agree. I think, uh, you know, one of the great things about podcasts is that it offers another way to consume information that you can be uh, driving a car, you can be, uh, you know, busy doing something else and multitasking kind of at this higher level. Uh, and, you know, when we talk about disruptive uh, innovations and uh, creative thinking, there's uncovering those solutions to meet the challenges of today's surgeons, uh, you need kind of some time to sort of clarify your, um, you know, what the problems are, look at different ideas, think about different ways to develop and challenge uh, to address these challenges and then implement solutions. And so uh, it's wonderful to have a podcast that's offering these uh, kind of tips and pearls that maybe we'll get you started thinking about doing something different or doing something innovative that's going to help your patients. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think that's what's so neat, unique about what we're, the times we live in uh, is that, you know, and when I look, I'm old, man, <laughs> I've, been, I've been practicing for like 18 <laughs> years, dude, this has been a long time already. And, you know, I mean, it was in the past when I came out of fellowship, it was hard to get information. It was hard to look, you know, you have to actually write a letter or even back then, even an email, I guess, but, you know, can you send me like mail a video of something or a CD-ROM or a VHS or something like that, or a DVD of a video that you made. And now it's just logging in, accessing it online with different websites, you know, or just kind of looking at, you know, webinars or like one of your real world ophthalmology webinars. I mean, there's so many cool, cool things that we can now actually utilize new, new media that it's easy to get information. So, you know, if I'm trying to try to start a new procedure, learn a new technique, I remember when I first learned a Yamani Yuma, technique, just like going on YouTube even, right? And having these different media outlets to allow ourselves to, to access information, I think is going to help all of us kind of not only improve our own skill set here, but oh, this is how we innovate also and how we share ideas in such a quick media, in such a quick fashion that we never had the opportunity when I came out of fellowship back to 18 years ago. Uh, I'm not going to comment on your uh, dating of <laughs> any kind of fellowship. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to move straight ahead. Keep moving, along. Keep moving <laughs> along. It's all good. <laughs> Keep moving along. Exactly. But kind of the impetus for all of this is what you alluded to. It's uh, this, you know, new um, innovation and acceptance of using webinars and podcasts and these alternative medias for people to get their education and for them to learn. And particularly for young ophthalmologists who might have some difficulty, you know, with um, taking time off and resources and that type of stuff to make it to all the meetings, uh, to have a way to gain this information in the digital age. So what are your thoughts? Uh, do you think this uh, younger generation or next generation of surgeons are going to continue to support this kind of out-of-the-box trend towards digital learning? 
Absolutely. I think that, you're, look, at the end of the day, you're seeing our, the new generation of surgeons who are young, the young men, young men and women uh, who, who, who you know, live in the world of, of, you know, Twitter, Instagram, and you know, of course, people like me, Facebook, old people. But, you know, there's this, there's a, there's, there's this that, that mentality of constantly interacting. And, 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 and sometimes the interaction maybe even just never been personal, physical rather, you know, but you can still have that emotional con- uh, relationship and really that connection, even with some of these webinars. In fact, I think when I came out of fellowship many years ago, it was there were some of those surgeons and some of those um, kind of those speakers where you just they were kind of out of touch or, or you couldn't touch them they're untouchable where you couldn't access them and you felt like I'm not good enough to talk to them you're kind of shy but it's something about being on a webinar or being able to see someone on a webinar just allows you to kind of be more connected in some ways just you and the computer and you're seeing that person speak almost like they're talking right to you and and I think that that it allows us to really feel like we're kind of connecting in some ways differently than we could uh, sometimes in live meetings. I don't think it's one or the other. I don't think we're going to be done with live meetings. There's nothing. There's nothing that can substitute kind of a personal interaction, physical face to face. But I do think that the the kind of information and the ability to just to convey information, spread it, disseminate it new ideas to stimulate other people to think about things and say, hey, let me try that. And let me see if I can kind of institute that in my practice and maybe kind of dovetail off of that and and think of something new on top of that. This is how we innovate. And I think that you've already seen the young generation pick up on that. There's a number of different, uh, I think, programs out there for young ophthalmologists, including Real World and others that are really helping to connect young ophthalmologists to help collaborate, you you know, work with industry. I think that's a great way to kind of get an industry involved and get that getting all these players together uh, is through these media platforms. And so I think it's here to stay. And I think we're gonna see it even grow further over time. Yeah, I, I mean, you hit on one of the main reasons why Rainer is hosting this podcast, uh, because there is a huge importance on discussing these clinical and non-clinical aspects of ophthalmology. And just as we experience technological advances in devices, equipment, pharmaceuticals, Uh, We also have experienced uh, advances in education and that landscape has been changing. And I think the younger generation has actually pushed more for that change because they've grown up with more technology and more devices, you know, from day one and kind of see how much more that you can get. As you so eloquently said, you kind of get these sort of private audiences with some of the gurus in ophthalmology uh, and have the ability to interact and ask questions. And whereas, you know, in in other circumstances, that might not be so easy to achieve. Uh, And I completely agree. I mean, there's, to me, the future of ophthalmology is hybrid. It is taking advantage of these digital platforms to have you know, exciting dialogue and obtain education throughout the year. And then when we are in person, also taking advantage of that uh, personal experience and uh, just the the different things that are more tangible when you get to see somebody in person. There's something about the attitude when you're at home, being able to talk to someone, like even now we're talking, I'm in my studio at home, my little music studio, we're channel out talking, but you know, we, we never had this opportunity to hang out with you. I would never have had. Let's be honest with you. As, as, as good friends as we are, <laughs> we love hanging out with each other. You're amazing. I'm so like in awe of you. But I don't think we would have it on a on a Thursday night like it is right now. Us hanging out and talking probably wouldn't have happened, right? And so to be able to have that opportunity, it, it's it's created more opportunities for us to engage where we probably wouldn't have otherwise. And I think that's what's so exciting about this. 
That's so insightful. I think that they're that and so true uh, because, you know, with our busy lives, it's hard. Even when we're at meetings, you know, we're constantly running from one thing to another. Uh, but to have a chance to um, to talk to each other, to see each other, to utilize the technology that brings those conversations where you can have them you know, more frequently throughout the year really helps develop the relationship. I think um, like these podcasts that Rainer are doing are, are going to be so valuable for people to listen to, uh, to gain that knowledge. What advice would you give um, to your peers to stay up to date with industry trends and the latest clinical research? I know that you do a ton of clinical research uh, at your practice. Uh, what what kinds of things would you tell people to do to kind of stay up to date with uh, all these, the latest innovations? I mean, that's a great question. I think for me, I mean, being so involved with research, it's kind of like automatic that I kind of just kind of I'm always thinking about, okay, what's going on? What's next, et cetera. But if you're not in that, in that arena already, I mean, I think there's so, it's multidisciplinary, multi-platform, so to speak, right? I think, you know, things like podcasts, you're looking at, you know, being involved with you know, even if you have, you know, LinkedIn and, and Facebook and Instagram, you're just seeing these people posting new things. I think I think live meetings are important still. I do think some of the smaller meetings are good. Of course, AAO and ASCRS, the big meetings like AGS, like me for glaucoma, all are important. But but these smaller meetings that happen throughout the year, you know, it's whether it's women of ophthalmology, whether it's you know uh, Caribbean Eye or Tell Like It Is or you know Kiwi or Hawaiian Eye, whatever. There's always smaller meetings around the world, around the country rather, that allow you to have better access in some ways to uh, a lot of the uh, speakers and, and and some of the new content that's out there as well. I think it's not about it's not about getting the information is about what you do with it, right? They're, the information is going to be easy to access, but to me, it's about following up. Say, so, okay, you read that, but what do you do with it? But what you, what about you? I mean, you're so involved with all these cool things. How do you keep it abreast of what's happening out there? I, I listen to great people like you. <laughs> <laughs> so my, that's my secret. There you go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, uh, you know, I think you hit it on the head. I think it's, it's multimedia. I think it's different platforms. And I know that Rainer has adopted a kind of a similar format with the peer-to-peer uh, discussions that they have on the website. And they have, you know, everything there from recorded podium presentations to surgeon interviews, clinical studies, white papers, et cetera. So uh, when you do want to get more in depth, uh, you can refer to that website and things like this podcast. And so I think it's important to have, as you said, multiple sources, and at the same time, to take what you're learning and keep evolving your techniques. You so be, you can't be afraid to evolve. Yes. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's easy to get in that tunnel vision where you've done things for the years is how you've done it. It's worked for you. Uh, but, you know, just adopting new technology and, and not being afraid to try it. And, and, to, and to, I think also not being afraid to engage industry. I mean, there's, you know, in some other specialties, you know, there's kind of a, a wall between industry and providers. And I think in ophthalmology, what makes us so unique is that we are, are so, I think are so engaging with industry, we kind of both realize that there's importance for both, right? We, we need to, us as providers to be independent and to have our own thinking, of course, but to also help and in, in really direct where industry goes. I think they need us to tell them what is next. And I think what I've seen in ophthalmology more than any other field is that industry kind of listens to what we need next and kind of says, okay, let's try to see if we can give you something that you can help 
take care of your patients better. And that's what, whether it's cataract surgery, and of course, the MIGS explosion, retina with that thing going on, the retina world now, and obviously refractive now, it's just every part of that practice. And even things like, you know, I mean, even, even simple things like Omidria and other things that we use every day, the simple things that can really make a difference in, in your practice and your day-to-day -day routine. So I just think that don't be afraid to engage with industry. I think there's, there's definitely a, a role to have that relationship. That's why I love working with industry all the time, because I came out of fellowship, but I love teaching. I think, you know, I don't have the opportunity. I'm not part of right now university setting. I'm in my private practice. And so for me, I utilize your type of programs and, and even industries uh, events to allow myself the opportunity, the platforms to teach. Well, you're a natural teacher, Paul, and we've, I, I know I've benefited, so many have benefited from your pearls and your real life experience that you have with all of these different technologies. So um, thank you so much for sharing them. Uh, I, you mentioned one Rainer product that's actually near and dear to my heart with being Omidria, uh, because <laughs> I, I use that. <laughs> that saved me on so many cases. Oh, man. Uh, so uh, mm. I just thought for a moment, since this is a Rainer podcast, uh, we might talk about some of the innovations that Rainer has that you use in your practice and things that you found helpful that could be helpful for others. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about imagery. I mean, I think it's amazing how how much we something so seems so simple, you know, ketorolac and phenylephrine in the bottle, and you know, kind of irrigation consistently. But I can tell you, as a glaucoma specialist, you know, they always say that the glaucoma specialists tend to be the best cataract surgeons. Not that we're the best, we get the toughest ones, right? The pseudo exfoliation, Flomax, hyperopic, shallow chamber eye, and you're like the pupils are coming, iris is coming out of the wound every other five minutes. And um, it's nice when you have a product like that because it, I think there is no doubt a decrease in at least in our our practice. And when I'm excited also another product to talk about is something I'm really going to start using soon. I just actually uh, setting my, my first cases next week is the EMB lens. And I'm not sure if you've used that lens at all, um, but I, I'm, I'm excited about that lens as well. Just to kind of that, if you look at the European data, it's amazing. It does look like it does have some good depth of focus as well. And even though it's a, not a prime premium lens here, uh, but I think it does give you some of those properties of that extended range of vision. So I'm excited to start using that and love to hear your thoughts. Well, I've just uh, I've just started uh, using the Rainer EMV. Actually, my uh, the hospital I operate at just got a consignment, so we we're really excited about that uh, because I did hear from uh, European colleagues uh, at ASCRS how. Uh, how pleased they were with the lens, how patients had such great outcomes, how they did get the extended up the focus, uh, you know, as, as kind of a side benefit of it. And so uh, it was really exciting for me. I think, you know, Europe often gets these innovations before we do. Uh, so it was, uh, it was really exciting for me to see that Rainer brought it to the U.S. to give us the opportunity uh, to take care of our patients uh, with offering them this technology as well. Well, I think uh, we're out of time and that's a great place to end <laughs> because that's where we do want to start and end and where it's all about the patients <laughs> and all about uh, getting these pearls and things that have helped us out in practice out to all of you. So thank you so much, uh, Paul, for being on the program today. It was really an honor to have you here. Thank you for having me. Appreciate that. And, and congratulations to all the success you're having, Lisa. Well-deserved. Keep up the great work. I'm so honored to uh, be ca call you a friend. So thank you again. Thank you so much. I'm uh, really delighted to be the first host for Rainer's new peer-to-peer -peer podcast and kick off what will be a series of interesting conversations with leading surgeons from around the world. I hope you enjoyed this program and look forward to having you join us for the next one. Thank you. Take care. 
Join us for the next episode of Peer to Peer, the podcast, where host Dr. Lisa Nisham discusses women in ophthalmology with guests Dr. Stephanie Schmickler from Germany and Dr. Josefina Botta from Argentina. For more information about this episode's topic and to read the show notes, visit the Peer to Peer hub at reina.com forward slash peer to peer. This podcast is provided for general information purposes only. The presenters' views are their own. Rainer does not endorse off-label use. Users must refer to the product labelling and instructions for use for Rainer products in all cases. Not all Rainer products are available in all countries. The full disclaimer can be found in the show notes. Thank you.